the bell has rung. Welcome to another edition of the In Ring Reality Podcast. The second, of course, as always, is the case on Thursdays, as we are now reviewing this week's WWE NXT episode following our review of AEW Dynamite. So if you missed that, make sure you check out the video replay or, of course, replay it right here in your podcast feed if you prefer the audio-only experience. So let's get into this week's NXT, which may have seen the final match for the original bro, Matt Riddle, as part of the NXT brand. Because if you don't keep up with wrestling news other than here on the weekends on this podcast when we cover it, which will now be Fridays, by the way, since we've decided to make the decision as a program, or I, I should say, have made the decision as the leader of the program to break down every show as they happen week by week, and then have the weekly wrap-up at the end of the week as well. That means that that weekly wrap-up highlights news show where usually I have a co-host and usually I talk about news as well will now take place on a Friday because Saturdays have to be open for the review for WWE Smackdown, which of course airs live on Fridays on Fox. But nonetheless, if you only follow news via this program, first of all, thank you for that honor. But second of all, you would not be aware of the fact that there have been a few reports going around and they seem to be backed up by multiple sources that Matt Riddle could be getting a move to Friday Night Smackdown as early as this coming Friday's episode of the show. Apparently a quote-unquote main roster call-up has been something that has been in the works for Riddle for quite some time, as early as prior to WrestleMania 36. Like, they were going to bring him up immediately on the Raw after WrestleMania 36, but they kind of kiboshed those plans, one, because of no fans, and wanting to do a few more things with him in NXT, to sort of even things out and close everything down there. And two, as I mentioned, he is now slated to debut on SmackDown. And the reason for that is apparently twofold. One, head creative of SmackDown, Bruce Pritchard, apparently really, really wants to work with Matt Riddle, has big things that he sees, in the future for Matt Riddle. And number two, it's to potentially keep Brock Lesnar, who is a part of the Raw brand, and Matt Riddle apart, as those do have some real-life heat, because Riddle really wants a match with Brock Lesnar, whereas Brock Lesnar reportedly wants to have nothing to do with Matt Riddle, as those two have had backstage conferences in the past where Brock Lesnar has gone so far as to tell Matt Riddle, keep my name out of your mouth, kid. Now, of course, we're not 
backstage in WWE. We can only go with the sources that we have as part of the wrestling community. So we don't really know if there is any real life heat between Brock Lesnar and Matt Riddle. But if there is, that apparently is another reason for him to now be a part of the blue brand. I really don't have any issues with this. I think Matt Riddle pretty much has done everything he can do in NXT if they're not going to have him be an NXT champion. And just as I always say, whenever someone does move, particularly now because NXT is much more of a third brand than it is a developmental system, whenever someone does move, just like AJ Styles recently last week moved back to SmackDown from Raw, it opens up the possibilities for new and different things for the wrestler or manager to do. So I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this move if this is indeed what's going to happen. And what we saw was a very, very, and I do apologize, there is something happening in my kitchen. I do use a dynamic microphone, but I don't know if the microphone isolated that completely. So if it didn't, I do apologize for that. Normally, I don't have to shut my door all the way because there's not much else going on around me. And it's very, very hot here today. So I only partially closed it for good visuals. But if that did pick up, I do apologize for that sincerely. Anyway, as I was saying, if this was Matt Riddle's final match in NXT, this was a very, very strong way indeed for him to go out. As they blew off this short little program he's had with Timothy Thatcher, with Timothy Thatcher being the replacement for the stuck in the UK Pete Dunne as his tag partner, the frustrations of Timothy Thatcher from Matt Riddle's style and the way Matt Riddle does things, to them having a match in a cage, but not in a typical WWE cage match environment. Instead, what they did was they played off both men's history in mixed martial arts And then they viewed something that's kind of a cross between a typical WWE cage and a MMA slash UFC cage with a platform on top of it for fighting around the top of the ring as well. It really was the most unique thing I've ever seen on a professional wrestling screen in all the years that I've been watching wrestling. Apparently, according to some other podcasts that I heard with speculation that they had leading up to this match, there was something similar that may have been used in the past. I did not see it, and I cannot remember the name of it. So for me, this was a very, very new experience, again, called the Fight Pit, and I thought it worked really, really well for the aesthetics of this match, the two men utilizing the cage as ring ropes because there were no ring ropes 
They bounced off the cage a lot. They used the cage a lot more as a weapon than you typically see in a WWE cage fight. Timothy Thatcher legit lost two of his front teeth as a result of kicks from Riddle in this match. And as a result, him coming back and looking strong and actually getting the victory over Matt Riddle here does great things for him and his future in NXT. And again, sort of gives further credence to the story of Matt Riddle possibly being done in NXT as, of course, it is a time-honored tradition in pro wrestling when you're about to leave one promotion to go to another, you do the job on your way out. And that's what Matt Riddle did here. He looked very, very strong in defeat. So we'll have to wait and see if this was indeed the case. Kurt Angle was a nice added extra attraction for the match. He didn't really do anything for the match, however, in my opinion. So it was just kind of a maybe final time seeing him because he was among those released on the recent Black Wednesday. Although, as we've seen, a lot of those people are still working while they're under a 90-day no-compete clause. And maybe Kurt Angle might be one of those people that's okay with staying with WWE and won't go anywhere else and will just come back to WWE when they have something for him. Only time will tell. But if this is the last time we see him in WWE, I guess this was a better way to go out than just see him on his back as a wrestler for some, but for me, I kind of prefer the latter, so I don't know, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens with Kurt, but yeah, really enjoyed this match between Thatcher and Riddle, thought it was a great blow off for this feud and a great way for Matt Riddle to leave NXT if that is indeed the case. So let's move on to talking about the rest of what was a excellent, excellent edition of NXT last evening. It kicked off with the final match in Group A as all three members had a 2-1 record in the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament. So a triple threat match had to take place to determine the challenger for Group B winner Alito Del Fantasma. As we saw Drake Maverick, Jake Atlas, and Kushida square off in said triple threat match. Very, very good match. Very, very entertaining. All three men look really, really strong. Drake Maverick just refusing to give up throughout this entire match. As, of course, they are playing off his real-life firing, which many people are now speculating. And as we've talked about here in the past on this show, maybe WWE saw how over Drake Maverick got himself with that goodbye video. He's putting great work while he's on his way out. Maybe he won't be released now. And that would be great to see happen. But I also feel bad for everyone else released as they deserve to keep their jobs as well, so we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But yes, great match. Drake Maverick doing his character work very, very well. The finish of the match comes as Kushida has Jake Atlas in the armbar submission, 
And Drake Maverick sees this and tries to break it up, but instead just sort of drapes his arm across the chest of Jake Atlas. The referee then sees Maverick with the pinfall attempt as well and counts the one, two, three moments after the three count comes, that is, after the tap out of Jake Atlas to Kushida, but the referee does not see it and rules Drake Maverick the winner. We, the crowd, do not see it until a replay. So there is a little bit of controversy here. Kayla then goes to talk to Drake. Drake is like, hey, I came into this thing to be above the board, to be a top competitor, to go out with my head on high. How do we fix this? Let's have another match. What do we do here? Only to have Kushida come up to Maverick and tell Maverick, you go and compete for the title. You just go out and you just win. Only to have Maverick tell Kushida he has all the respect for him in the world. And he shakes Kushida's hand after just after getting what he believed is a straightforward victory, shaking the hand of his opponent next week, Alito Delfan Tasma, who came out at the end of that match. So it is official. It will be Drake Maverick in the finals of the Interim Cruiserweight Championship Tournament against Alito Del Fantasma next week on NXT. I'm really, really excited to see what goes down here. Do we get the speculated heel turn with Alito Del Fantasma being the leader of these mass luchadors and screw Drake Maverick out of his job? Or do we get the impossible Drake Maverick as your new WWE Cruiserweight NXT champion? I apologize. I said the old name while forgetting about the new name. So I said amalgamation of the two. Hope you enjoyed that. But yes, will Drake Maverick walk out the winner, your new NXT Cruiserweight champion? We'll find out next week. Next up, it was a matchup between Johnny Gargano and Adrian, or Alden, sorry, Alden, Alis, or Analyst. I don't know how you pronounce his name. I truly do apologize. This was a new up-and-coming worker in NXT, someone working their way through the Performance Center. Gargano puts over that the crowd has really been, the crowd and the fans in general, that is, has really been mistaken about the Gargano way. The Gargano way isn't to eliminate people from NXT to take people out, but rather eliminate the wannabes, the two-faced people, and really shape NXT in the right image. So he plays off the cocky heel who he thinks he's a babyface in this matchup gets the victory. We didn't see Keith Lee and Mia Yim in a parody of what we've seen Candace and Johnny do with their dinners. This was hilarious. Them making fun of all the elements of this dinner, having Tegan Knox deliver them pizza, having Keith Lee not want to utilize 
the flashlight, which then changes his voice saying he's blind as a result. And Mia Yim and Keith Lee basically telling Gargano and Candice LeRae that they're going to be sorry for messing with them. Candice LeRae challenges Mia Yim to the matchup next week on NXT and, of course, at TakeOver for the North American Championship. That's when Johnny Gargano is going to get his shot at Keith Lee. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with that one. Next up, it was the matchup between Raquel Gonzalez and Chauncey Blackheart. Raquel Gonzalez gets the victory here. Chauncey Blackheart looks really, really strong in defeat. Both women looked about as good as they can in this matchup. And it was pretty much the shortest match of the night because the point of Raquel Gonzalez is just how you want Raquel to be going over strong, to look unstoppable, to look unbeatable. That's the role of a big enforcer. And they pulled that off rather well. And the finish of the match saw Dakota Kai provide the distraction after Candice LeRae comes out to confront Tegan Knox for her involvement with Keith Lee and Mia Yim after Tegan Knox tried to even the odds for Chauncey Blackheart. And so all those plates keep spinning and it was just really, really well done, I think, by all involved here with this matchup. Next up, it was the NXT Women's Champion Charlotte Flair and a mystery partner against her two opponents at TakeOver in Your House, Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley. Who would the mystery partner be but none other than Chelsea Green? Smart pairing, very similar characters. The two cocky people who are full of themselves work well enough together here for Charlotte Flair to do her typical Charlotte Flair thing and get the victory here and just did a nice, decent job at keeping all this plate spinning. I still don't know what they're going to do at TakeOver In Your House. It feels like TakeOver In Your House a week from Sunday is being set up for the chance for Charlotte Flair to drop the NXT title without being pinned. It feels like this experiment for Charlotte Flair to go back to NXT to elevate NXT ratings really hasn't worked the way that WWE officials thought that it would. So maybe they're going to go ahead and pull the plug on it and they have Charlotte Flair be protected by not having her lose a match. That way she can still remain a strong challenger for either Asuka or Bailey, or maybe even Sasha if that happens at SummerSlam down the road. It feels like that's what's going to happen. But it also feels like because the title scene's already crowded with Nia Jax and with what appears to long-term be Sasha Banks, 
that Charlotte Flair has nowhere else to go, and she is Charlotte Flair, and they do like keeping her in that title picture all the time. So it feels like her staying in NXT may not necessarily be out of the question for a little while longer, so she could also retain here. But regardless of what their plans are, I thought this match did a really effective job at putting over all of the participants, which is what it was supposed to do. Interesting little side note, in a WWE.com exclusive or a YouTube channel exclusive as well, as it was featured on the YouTube embed, which is where I saw it on WWE.com, Chelsea Green says that her and Margaret Stone have worked, and Chelsea Green now is as hot as she's ever been, and she proceeds to fire Robert Stone. So are these two already breaking up? I don't really understand what the reasoning behind that would be, if that is indeed the case, other than the fact that maybe they realize Chelsea Green does not need a mouthpiece, which she does not need one. But that was a really interesting twist, I thought, that came after this match that was not on TV that I wanted to talk about here because I feel like maybe that's a new chapter for Chelsea Green that we did not anticipate. Next up, we get a Zoom meeting between NXT champion Adam Cole Bay Bay and NXT general manager William Regal, where Adam Cole basically coerces William Regal into saying that after this match between him and the dream, the Velveteen Dream, that is, at NXT TakeOver in your house, that Velveteen Dream can never again challenge for the NXT championship as long as Adam Cole holds the title. This was a really funny dynamic with William Regal, of course, not having any of Adam Cole's antics. Adam Cole continuing to be the genius Adam Cole that he is and placing that doubt in our minds of is Velveteen Dream actually going to become NXT champion? Are we actually going to see either a call up, quote unquote, for Adam Cole to one of the other shows, or are we going to see him do something not involving the NXT Championship, or is this just WWE realizing that either real life matters with Velveteen Dream, as we all know those rumors, although those rumors have not been brought up again since they first broke, so I personally don't think there's any credence to them, but if there are, has the real life matters, or just the fact that maybe NXT slash WWE officials feel like the Velveteen Dream isn't quite ready to be the main champion in NXT. Is that the case? So they're utilizing this stipulation to make sure that they get him out of that main title picture in a way that doesn't quite ruin it entirely for when they're ready to put him back in there. Anything can happen, and I really like the way that this stipulation just puts enough of a question mark in your mind and mine 
to where we don't quite know what's going to go down. And that, I believe, as I go through my notes, oh no, we do have one more segment. I almost completely forgot about it. We saw Tommaso Ciampa in a match against Leon Ruff. This, of course, was just your jobber enhancement match to build toward the feud with Karrion Cross. Scarlett Bordeaux comes out to observe this match. She doesn't say a word. She's just there looking. And after Champa gets the victory over Ruff, Champa is looking up the ramp, watching Scarlett Bordeaux leave. Karrion Cross then comes on the Titantron for the first time and speaks since he has made the move to WWE, saying he agrees with everything Champa said last week. He is special, but I am also special. And at TakeOver in your house, you're going to see just how dangerous and different the kind of special that I am going to be for you when I take you down at TakeOver TikTok. And that is how that promo went down. Really strong promo from Cross. Really like the way that you're keeping this few going. Really, really looking forward to this match. And just like with AEW, I forgot one final segment. I do apologize when you're going off notes and you're doing these shows live. You tend to have your brain suddenly be like, no, don't leave without talking about this sometimes. So one final small, very small thing was that we saw a promo package for Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Mostly Damian Priest continuing to put Priest over as a strong attacker antagonist in his feud with Finn Balor and reminding us that that match is also going to take place, that match being Finn Balor versus Damian Priest at TakeOver in your house. So that is it. That is this week's NXT. I really, really, really like this show a lot. I thought this was extremely, extremely well done. This is one of the strongest NXTs that we've had in quite some time, in my opinion. Definitely one of the stronger ones since we've been having to be in this empty arena era in pro wrestling. So I was just a big fan of the way everything went down. Do let me know in the comment section of either the social medias, if you're in the audio only experience or via email at gmail.com or down below on Facebook and YouTube if you're watching the replays, what you thought of this week's show. As always, get in touch with us everywhere. As I mentioned, all the social medias and at gmail.com at in reality everywhere. If you want to follow me personally on social media, it's just at Josh Rosalsis everywhere. And then my Becky Lynch fan page on Instagram. If you enjoy the Instagram platform and you also are a big fan of Becky Lynch is at Deadly Becky Lynch is the GOAT. And as I always like to say, life is only as good as what you choose to make it to be. 
So make the choice to go out and do something great today.